Right. Um, I feel a little bit strange about this because I know that you're focusing on females this whole month and I'm like, mm, why am I talking at the start of this? But I get it. I kind of have that, you know, sort of female vibe, so that's cool. You know, in that case, I'll sort of link my story to the wonderful female species. Yeah, I just realised I haven't introduced myself. Sorry, this is Fabian, one of A to J's residents. All right, so I'm going to talk about um, a story on how, not really how music came into my life, but sort of how one of the biggest parts of how I came to enjoying music and playing music came into my life, which was um, the trumpet, which I've played since I was seven years old. Yeah, I actually have my mum to thank for that. She never sort of pushed me. She just knew what would work for me, I mean, what would fuel me creatively. One day in um, school, a letter was sent home asking parents if they would like to let their child learn a musical instrument in school. And the only musical instruments they had to offer was actually cello. And so, you know, my mum was like, do you want to learn cello? And I was just like, yeah. And um, I went, I had a go at the cello. It was really fun. I got home and one of my music teachers actually um, got in touch with my mum, basically just to say, we think he'd be more suited to another instrument. One of the things he said was, and this, by the way, is because I was a massive talker in school. I used to get told off a lot in classrooms and talking and not actually learning. And he said, yeah, I, I really feel like he's got like a big pair of lungs on him. And I think he would be more suited to the trumpet. From that day forward, I played trumpet and I really did pick that up super duper fast and that became you know my musical instrument and that pretty much just shaped everything for me in terms of music from that point onwards music theory and everything that learning a musical instrument comes along with but I think you know one of the biggest and most memorable and special things really came from a decision that was made by my mom which was after I had finished practicing and learning on the the, the cornet that the school had provided me for like five years, which was a, a pretty average, basic learning trumpet. You know, the one thing sort of holding me back was getting a better trumpet. And I didn't come from a very rich family. There was no way that my mum could have afforded a trumpet, but she was musical herself. She grew up around music and she played the clarinet the recorder which I know is quite a laughable instrument for some people but the recorder if you play it well is a excellent instrument she was very musical trained because she grew up around music from her dad so it all kind of like runs in the family but my mum really 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 wanted me to have a brand new good trumpet and specifically a trumpet because I was massively into jazz so she dug out her clarinet from the dust which she had for God, 30 years or something, um, which her dad had bought for her. And it was a good piece of kit as well, almost going on antique. And she decided to sell her beloved clarinet just so that she could afford to buy the trumpet for me. And the best part about it is that that very trumpet is the same exact trumpet that I have to this day, my gorgeous little Yamaha. Um, I only have one trumpet 
that was the trumpet that she bought for me. It was my first trumpet. It's lasted me all this time. It's still amazing. It's still in the best condition because it wasn't a cheap one. And um, yeah, it was just like, just a really good moment, you know, just a fantastic moment in my own personal history. Yeah, just got me thinking, you know, these these moments sort of might seem small at the time, but they can be quite big influences on the rest of our life. Ah, so, yeah. Thanks, Mum. <laughs> Shall we get on with it, then? Let's do this. This is Soundcheck and Stories. Soundcheck and Stories, a podcast by April to July. Second episode of Soundcheck and Stories. We made it to number two, Ringo. How are you feeling today? Amazing. I feel over the moon, to be honest. Yeah. It's not only because the second episode. It's also, I feel, there is a wind of change. As the government announced that we are getting back to the clubs from the 21st of June. Yeah. So I think this is the best news for the music industry, right? Of course. I mean, at least we have a date over there and uh, something that we can aim for. Oh. And by the way, I love how you bring this wind of change from your love uh, for the Scorpions into... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, the date, as you said, like, but we still have to do it right. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So, yeah, here we are. We are about to start our second episode. But before that, I wanted to say special thanks to everyone who listened to our first episode with Nairo. Mm-hmm. Hope you enjoyed it. And... We really appreciate your feedbacks. That really means a lot to us. The first one is always with mixed feelings, right? You are nervous, then you have a lot of doubts, but it's special as well, like when you create the first time. It is, yeah. And you will always remember your first one. Oh, definitely. There is still a long way to go. Many things need to improve. But nonetheless, for the first one, I'm really happy with the outcome. Yeah, me too. Yeah, so we have a really nice show today. Uh, We have started with a beautiful story from our storyteller, Fabian. Oh, that was so touching, so emotional. Yeah. yeah. And we were clapping at the end after we listened to that story. (laughs) It's true, yeah. The first time we listened, it was like really beautiful. Uh, But, you know, it makes me think in the the importance of the reference in our lives, you know, and especially when we are kids. And, uh, And how the music came to our life as well, right? Yeah, exactly. And I mean... For Fabian, probably back then, this was a, a small gesture and probably he will, he didn't appreciate it because when you are a kid, you don't realize these things or you don't think how important or, or meaningful this gesture can be for your life and your career. Yeah. But I mean, thanks to Ian's mom, now we can <laughs> enjoy his beautiful trumpet sets uh, with uh, down-tempo melodies and uh, yeah, it's great. 
Yeah. Let's go back to the topic now. We're becoming a bit cheesy, right? <laughs> yeah. But we love cheesy. What can we do? <laughs> anyway, yeah. Going back to today's topic, uh, 8th of March is the Women's International Day. Yeah. Yes, it is. So, and of course, when we start the podcast, we always say, like, uh, we will invite people that uh, we admire or that we would like to have conversations or that they can give us a good insight about the industry. And, uh, and from the different parts as well. In the different point of views, yeah, like different sectors inside the music industry. No? So for this month, we are going to release two episodes with two wonderful women in the industry. And for today's episode, we are really excited also because when we wrote our guest, she said yes straight away. We and just couldn't believe that. Yeah, like we it. were really surprised and, and really honored. And uh, yeah, it's, it's great that we can have her today uh, here with us. Okay, so shall we? Yeah, go for it. For today's episode, we are super thrilled to have Eva Wovor, a powerful woman in Berlin electronic music scene. She has been involved with Infamous Laserline Agency for many years, where she worked with some of the most incredibly talented artists, such as Jonas Salbach, Ein Music, Mark Depuls, Miyagi, among many more. Today, she will be sharing her story with us and, of course, some insights from her experience as a booking agent. We welcome you, Eva, to Sound Chicken Stories. It's a real pleasure for us. Hello, welcome. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Thank you for taking the time to be here with us today after your, after uh, your long day. Long day. No, long thank day. you. It's amazing to us. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. So, yeah, Eva, we uh, always love to start our conversation asking the guests a story. Mm -hmm. So, would you tell us your story? Like, who is Eva, please? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's actually kind of funny because you. I, if I if I'm allowed to say it up front, you've sent me the you've already sent me the the questions and this was like <laughs> I for the other questions I, I it was fine you know I was like okay I can answer to these I can answer to that but the yeah. the first question was like oh my god what am I gonna say who is <laughs> then I asked a, a friend and she was like okay you can do take it from there and this point you can ask your friends how they would describe you and stuff. And then I was like, okay, no, Ooh, lots of research already. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it by myself. So, okay. okay. And, well, it's it's a very challenging question. It's a it's a good question as well. And um, I would say I would describe myself as a like 40 years old music lover and also dancing queen, <laughs> and uh, who's surrounded by incredibly creative people. And uh, even though I'm the pragmatic one, I'm not the creative person actually, but I'm surrounded by lots of creative people and uh yeah and i'm very grateful for being able to turn my passion into my profession so that's what i can tell about me I mm. <laughs> that's a very good way to see of course i mean uh also, okay so there is want... also another dancing queen here is you? well no come on <laughs> <laughs> one day, one day well see. hopefully one day we see each other yeah. <laughs> so i wanted to ask like uh yeah after like um uh, told us about your passion and stuff like how you landed in the electronic music and and then also ended up with some of the iconic 
and very talented artists in the music scene these days. Yeah. Well, it's actually, it's not a long story, but I mean, I moved to Berlin when I was 21. And then I started working for MTV right away. I was very lucky. And so from there, I had like access to lots of parties and then I've met a lot of promoters and DJs and then I totally dived into the Berlin underground uh, scene and then after a couple of years I started um, to study media and music management and then and then uh, I was also working at Bar 25 and at Watergate I worked for six years at Watergate so I yeah, I met more and more people, and uh, oh. and I was actually pretty well connected before I even started to work professionally in this field. Uh-huh. And then, like, right after I graduated, uh, like, friends from a befriended label, like, it was like a Berlin label, uh, Hybrid Records, they uh, had the idea of, like, having an in-house booking agency, and uh, so they were like, oh, we've just, you know, you've just finished, you've just graduated. Uh, do, is, is, would that be a challenge for you? I was like, yes, of course. I mean, creating, you know, setting up a booking agency, something like it is, it was very challenging. So that's actually where it all started. And then, um, like many, many years later, when I was uh, actually six months pregnant with my second child, <laughs> Juliane, Juliane from Ledgerline, uh-huh. and uh, and she uh, and she had heard from me and needed someone who already had some experience because it was like Ledgerline was back then a, a very like a, a very young boutique agency and she was running all by herself like for the past two years and it was just also too much for her you know to handle Mm. it alone and then she was like okay would you like to join me and yeah we got along pretty well so that's um that's how it started and uh yeah and that's how our journey began basically and uh, and actually I'm very I'm so grateful that she also had the balls to take me when I was <laughs> pregnant, like, you know, like heavily pregnant. I mean, it's, you know. That's amazing to hear, yeah. you know. <laughs> so that's why, yeah, that's that's every, that's how I started to work uh, for Ledgerline with like these acts such as I'm Music and, and uh, Miyagi and Jonas mm-hmm. and, and okay. the other talented acts that we've had, yeah. How long you've been working for the, uh, the agency? I mean. For the agency, five years. Yeah, and in total, 30, 13 years as a booking agent. Yeah. Wow, yeah. that's that's you a tremendous to... experience behind it. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> yeah. give us give us an insight about the booking agencies. Like how how a booking agency work? Like normally, I imagine you receive a lot of press kits from artists, but do you also hunt artists? Like a talent hunt or something? Yes, 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 and yes. <laughs> so actually, no, it depends a bit because. We do not really receive press kits because usually like young artists, like upcoming artists get in touch. Um, so they usually, they don't have this press kit. This is something that you provide. Okay, and, you help them to develop that. Exactly. So what we send is like their productions or some podcasts or recorded sets. Mm-hmm. And, um, and yes, we do also hunt artists, but... Uh, 
but it has changed over the time because when I started like 30 mm -hmm. years ago, I used to travel a lot with my artists and my husband also happens to be a DJ. Oh, <laughs> so <okay. nice. laughs> with him a lot. And, uh, and so you, you've met the people, you've heard their sets and because for me, you know, not only the sound is relevant, but also like the whole, you know, the experience that you have with yeah, the they show it's like you know, know how they engage as well. you know that they have and like it's not only a, it's also a lot of, it has a lot to do with their performance and skills but also a lot with their personality so this is actually something that always played a big role for me and this is also how i selected some artists but then you know as you get older <laughs> you <also, laughs> <laughs> a bit lazy and you're like oh I'd rather stay on my couch and chill rather than spending the whole weekend on the dance floor so um so that's how it changed because you become more selective, more selective. let's say you become more selective <laughs> but you also have to spend much more t time on like SoundCloud and you mm. know Instagram and Facebook and stuff and and then also like which also plays a very big role is like the recommendations, for example, when my artists, when they then they tell me, look, I've heard this and this young, uh, you know, young artist or upcoming artist, and he really rocked. So, mm -hmm. you know, keep an eye on him. And um, or, for example, friends who work in, at, in PR agencies, for example, they also sometimes get to meet these young artists who try mm -hmm. you know, to bring their music, but they don't have, you know, they don't have an agency and they don't play that regularly, but they're absolutely talented uh, producers, for example. So yeah. mm -hmm. it's also like, um, like, yeah, some, you know, this also plays a big role, the recommendations that you got from from people who are still traveling and who get to know the people. And of course you have like Winter Music Conference and ADE and this kind of ADE stuff. stuff you yeah. go and you meet the people and you go to all parties and you know, and network and connect. It's a lot of networking, so, yeah, not the end. Yeah. It's, it's all about networking actually. It's really all about networking and um, yeah. And this is actually, this is actually how it works in a okay. way. Yeah. Me. Wanted to ask a tricky question. Is also like a advice to the up and coming artists. Like, yeah. How do you advise like the artist to be noticed by an agency? Like, what things they have to do? Well, the thing is, you know, there is not like the like the main. I don't know how to explain. There is the, there is no guideline. I'd say you know, it's like the artist has to be kind of self-confident and he has like in my opinion as mm -hmm. i i can also always uh, talk about myself and my point of view so the, yeah. thing, the music has to be in a way outstanding and it Absolutely. has to be for, for itself right so because there are many upcoming artists who try to sound like like you know something who is like they are not like other people you know maybe. which is uh, now super uh, successful or something but you know it's also kind of you can say it's it's a trend you know so it's trend. not it's nothing that will stay forever so you better find your own sound you know and um so this is one thing and then you if you address yourself to a to a, a, an agency you should also address 
correctly, you know, because mm. you, sometimes you can tell that it's like, a, you know, undisclosed recipient. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but this is not going to work, you know. And also, for example, if you, I, you know, it, it's not helping if you do house music and send your, your stuff to an agency who represents like techno acts, you know, no. it's not going to yes. work. So you have it's to do gonna... some research. You have to do some research. And, um, and I also say, in a way, from my experience, it makes sense if you're kind of close to your booking agent as well, you know, because if, if um, I mean, I've also had artists who aren't based in Berlin, and it's fine, you know, as long as you, you know, get in touch regularly. Communicative and... Yeah. Nowadays, it's really easy because... Mm. Uh, and especially now in COVID times, mm -hmm. like everyone working in Zoom and Skype and all these yeah. things. So it's it's easier to keep the communication close yeah. with the booking agent, even if you are not in the same city. No? The communication is very important. And of course, it's it's it doesn't really matter if the, if the person sits next to you, but it really helps sometimes, you know, if you can go and grab a coffee, for example, you know, and discuss yes. things. And... Um, and and of course it's not always um, you know it's not always doable and we have we've had a lot of ex who are not based in Berlin but at least um, they are they were most of them based in uh, in in Germany so that we could meet from time to time you know and and see each other which I think is is um, is also important because you have to get along well with your artist and you. You know, and you also have to really, you know, you you need to love what they do. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to sell them, you know. Absolutely. And, yeah. yeah, we do that as well as a promoter. Yeah, and right? also, you know, if you don't get along well with your act, then, you know, then I think that is either you're a machine and you just don't care and you're just, you know, yeah. your stuff like a robot or whatever. But, <laughs> you know, I mean, if you sell your stuff, if you really like it, you know, then you're more passionate and then, you know, you find the right arguments and you can always convince someone, you know, and it's it's just so much easier. You know, it's yeah. not an effort to sell, sell the person always sounds. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but know, definitely. It, it comes naturally, you know, so Absolutely. that's why, yeah. No, I mean, I completely agree that because, yeah, end of the day, this is your, this is your, our job as well to promote and get things done. But also personalities are key in there because yeah. you want to have a relationship like, you know, like to build yeah, up. If you build everything. up in long term, it's also, I mean, it's, it's uh, not useful, but it's like uh, it enrich you more. Mm -hmm. Of as, course. And your job and then as an artist, they will feel more confident as well. You have someone that believes in them yeah. and they are able to sell their work, you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah. with more confidence. Outside. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. And yeah. also keep the agents always happy because you are the one <laughs> calling the shots end of the day. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's the key advice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And Eva, okay. how many of the um, Ooh, um, <laughs> artists that approach uh, to you like are female artists? Unfortunately, not many, to be honest. There weren't many. Um, and it's also because the thing is that we've always wanted to have girl, like female artists, right? Diversity, but the yeah. thing is that it's difficult to find them because like those who were 
you know, interesting for us, most of them, they already had agencies. Yeah. So it was, you know, so it's like, uh, and, yeah. then, and the thing is, if you, if you, like, you have to be really, really, really convinced um, from, like, about someone to, you know, to build an artist up from the scratch, because first of all, it's a lot of, it's a lot of investment, a lot, yeah. a lot of investment, because the fees are very low. So you, you know, we don't even talk about the booking fees. So you invest a lot of money mm-hmm. uh, and time to, yeah. to bring, to bring up an artist. And this is, um, it's our hard work and it has oh. to be worth it, you know, so it has to be like, okay, I, I have it in my guts. I feel that she's going to be, you know, she, and this is something that maybe because of also the lack of, lack of the time that we've had, because it was really, I mean, we've been working a lot, a lot, a lot. So we didn't mm-hmm. also have the time to, you know, do some research and go, you know, hunting as we were talking about earlier. Yeah. It, um, so uh, yeah, so this is actually I don't say that there I mean there are a lot of a lot of very talented young women out there for sure. Yeah. But just have we just we didn't find them or we didn't have the time to look properly and mm. um yeah, or we were just too late and somewhat just in another <laughs> already grabbed them before us. Um, yeah, and it's like, it's a bit, I think that we, yeah, that's still a big uh, thing, you know, in the scene that women are super underrated and also yeah. like, um, not really, you know, it's, um, yeah, they, women have to prove themselves twice as hard as men. That's still yeah. a fact, you know, it is like this. And I mean, I've been lucky to, for example, to work with Bloody Mary from France. I mean, she lives now in Berlin. She's a very good friend of mine. Mm-hmm. And Malera from Amsterdam, for example, she's also super DJ and like very good producers, both of them. And, you know, nice, nice girls. All, but yeah, it's like, it's still pretty much male dominated. And, um, and they don't get yeah. the recognition that they, that they deserve. It is. But, it is indeed. And the thing is, the worst thing for me is that, you know, once a woman starts to get some recognition or start to get famous, there are always like these haters who come up with like this arguments such as, oh, look what are, look at what they're wearing and, uh, yeah, yeah, and yeah, the yeah. patronizers. You know, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. What they've slept with and, and, they, they, and it's like, what, <laughs> you know, <laughs> what, what are you talking about? And, but the thing is also that it doesn't only come from male, you know, acts, but it also very com- it comes uh, for women as well many times. Yeah, uh, we, we tend to think that the matches is only on men's, but it's not. Worse, you know, I mean, we women have actually, we must stick together. Yeah. It's hard anyway. So, you know, why someone like be like, happy for another? And support you know, each other. Yeah. Actually, yeah. you know, you know, help. I mean, the more women you know, get like this kind of stand, standing, mm-hmm. the better it is for the others to follow, you know, but it's just yeah, like, I don't get this kind of, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why yeah. people that twisted. I just don't, I don't understand yeah. it. No, but it's true that even like, it's a lot of platform, like, uh, 
here, for example, in, in London, there is one that is CSA, so uh, that they help um, another other women in the music yeah. industry and they do workshop. And there's many platforms like this that are yeah. growing now. But uh, even that is a, is a long way. And it's what you're saying, like women maybe in, in music industry is like 25% of representation, maybe in general. Yeah, it's like, like in 2019, there were only like five or six DJs female in the top 100 DJs rankings and this kind of yeah, stuff yeah. and in festivals is still you know yeah yeah it's I mean it's and I mean I mean here in Berlin we have we have many women who DJ you know because I mean of course we also have a lot of sports and stuff and I mean Berlin is the so-called capital of uh, you know yeah music but the thing is that I know also from my you know in, in, like from my friends I we have so many girls women who do it since forever and they have very very good skills i i mean there are also a lot of guys who do it since forever yeah. they you know they and, didn't take the next step maybe and they you know don't get this recognition that mm. they probably deserve but but um yeah, but it's, I mean, you know, it's, you can't, you can't tell like, oh, because you're, because you're a woman, it's easier for you because mm. you have to show your tits or whatsoever. I mean, it's just, it's, you know, yeah. the case. So, you no, know. exactly. I mean, it's a hard industry from, for everyone, yeah. but I mean, regarding this, uh, we know there is festival like Primavera Sound in Barcelona yeah. or yeah. Uh, Latitude here in UK, like they were able to create like 50-50 line-up. So we know that that's possible. Um, um, there is many festivals that say like in a couple of years they want to have these 50-50 line-ups. But, but yeah. yeah, it's a work in progress. And hopefully no, I mean, all... I also think like... Actually, uh, sorry, sorry. No, 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 problem. Um, the thing, I really think that we will get there because also like the, it's not only in the music industry, but like in general, in you know, general. like the quality thing is like a major subject at the moment. So I really do think that people are keeping an eye on it now and, you know, and, and also women get together. And as you said, they have like these groups and, you know, yeah. So I think that we're, we're going to this, we're on the, in Germany, you see, in the, in the right direction. Yes. It's yeah. English the same. <laughs> yeah, direction. absolutely. But, um, but it's going to still take a while because no yeah, while. there are still the people who are going to, you know, not really accepted or whatsoever. It's the sad thing because like this, but it's also, I am delighted to see like how it is going to happen in the future because as you said, like in Germany is going up. Even in London, like last couple of years, I see like many female artists are raising. Yeah. The scene. So, and it feels like, okay, now in their beginning stages, but they're very talented. Mm -hmm. But it feels like in a couple of years' time, the industry will be very much in balance. Yeah, so hopefully. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I will take the conversation back to actual COVID times. <laughs> Boring. But, uh, yeah, uh, I mean, I imagine, like, even us, like, we met... Uh, online by email like a year ago more or less and uh, we needed to postpone our plans hopefully yeah. until soon. <laughs> we don't we don't know uh, but yeah imagine like as a as a booking agent like with i mean artists facing a lot of cancellations or tours delayed rescheduled i mean how crazy is the this time have been for you yeah i mean the thing is actually when it all started i was in thailand i had like 
my one month break yeah. <laughs> so I was with my family in Thailand and but of course you know as a you know I was I've always been a freelancer so you never stop working so I always had yeah. my with me and then it was like all of a sudden so we left the beginning of March and when we left it was already like kind of it was already kind of weird and we didn't yeah. know you know what to expect and um and then like from the second week on, like it was everything got canceled, but everything. And it was like, okay. <laughs> okay. What's happening now? <laughs> and then um, yeah, and like, okay, so the, we kept on canceling this the the gigs and then we rescheduled some, which I mean it wasn't possible for all, obviously, but um but we could reschedule some of the cancelled bookings but then they also got cancelled <laughs> yes <laughs> it was like a snowball like you expect a couple of months now sorry and um and yeah so uh, yeah i mean there's not much to do you know everybody's like on hold and also because you know even if for example some there are some countries who say okay you can you can travel, you can come and perform, but then the artist has to do to stay in quarantine for two weeks. weeks so one, yeah. none of them wants to spend two two weeks in quarantine just for one gig. So it's like mm-hmm. there are some possibilities, but it's not, but they are not satisfying. And um, I mean, I one of my exes touring in India now, so apparently in India things are kind of back to normal, but. Um, but I think that it will take a long, long time until we're close to being yeah, all normal. No? All normal, yes. It I mean, times because now I'm in Germany. I don't know how it is in London or in, in the UK right now. But in Germany, they've already said that all major events are definitely going to be um, off like throughout the whole summer, even though we're mm. like vaccinating and stuff. But of course now it's like the older people get vaccinated, not the young yeah. one. Yeah. You know, kind of. Um so that's why it's like um it's difficult to to foresee. You know, you can't you you just can't tell when it's gonna start. Yeah. And, and and then you don't know which venues will survive. You don't know oh, which well, will survive. Uh, yeah. Um, million dollar question it's like i think it's like the, everywhere the same mm. you know we yeah. get, and i mean we're lucky enough to have like um you know financial support from the government in berlin i mean it's not really satisfying it could be better but it's like yeah you know it's like but actually we can't really complain to be honest in comparison to the rest of the world we're not um, we can't complain at all. Yeah. So um, yeah. So let's see. Let's see. We have to be patient, and also patient. we also have to see. You know, because not every um, not every act has the resources to yeah to survive over survive. a long period of time. So at a certain uh-huh. point, some of them also have to decide. Okay, do I go back to my normal work that I used to have before, or you know? Yeah. What, why, you know, is it worth to, to you know, to 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 wait and be patient and invest money, you know, and without earning any money? So it's like mm. there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of stuff going on, and it's like hard for everyone. And um, yeah, but let's see, let's see. 
let's see. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's what we were talking before. Like the NTIA, what is the Nighttime uh, Industry, Industry Association? Industry. Yeah. They they did a survey a few weeks ago and they released the results today. Yes, yeah. like eighty five percent people who are in the industry yeah. they're considering uh, to change their job. Like seventy five percent of the people they've been uh, furloughed. Which is like Probably a so is the like scheme like the government support? Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah. I mean, it's it's really bad in here. But I mean, I can imagine like how it is in Berlin because Berlin we say like this is the mecca of the nightlife <laughs> that for the music and everything. And, and I mean, and you know the thing is, to be honest, we have like so many like it's like yeah, people are creative, and the thing is, you know, creative people they are you know, how do you say, they they are kind of resilient in a way, so mm. they, they're going to survive it, you mm. know, and, you know, and channel their creativity to somewhere, mm. something else. I, I you know, I, I really do think that we in Berlin um, are, you know, are kind of lucky to be here because there's, oh, there will always be like, I think kind of solution, you know, even if it's temporary, but in the long run, I think that people will still be able to do what they like, you know, yeah. to just, yeah, to keep on working in this field. But, but you have to, you know, at a certain point, especially if you have family and stuff, you have to decide you know, whether you're, you're gonna, you want to have your safe money or yeah. whether you you know, just gamble, let's say gamble. gamble. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So but well. but the thing is that um yeah I think that we're actually really lucky to be here and 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 also I think like speaking from Berlin that um that actually a lot of clubs and venues will survive because they finally get the financial support from the state and you know if yeah, it's not gonna if it's not gonna last another two years but if it's you know if it's if we can say like okay maybe like end of summer in autumn or something you know we will start to, yeah. things will get back to normal then i think that we have a good chance of you know being able to get back on track you know but of course it will still take yeah time because there will be some restrictions for sure you know you can't i mean i don't see us having events with thousand people that no know, it's no, not going to be I the normal yeah. as we it will be like a step by step it's going to be it's going to be another kind of normal then yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. like well, limit, limited numbers and then like a step by step right yes, mm. exactly yeah. exactly yeah yeah yeah, but so, we have to we have to deal with it we have to adapt to it and i think that actually the main focus should really be on you know getting rid of this yeah <laughs> i mean we're not going to be able to get rid of it but you know to have it under control so that we're you know kind yeah. of yeah yeah well, the good thing is the vaccine is out there and we hope that everyone gets vaccinated as soon as possible <laughs> we can dance again <laughs> yes yes yeah cool. yeah definitely cool, cool. so eva thank you very much for joining thank us today for the invitation uh, it was nice we do before we finish the conversation uh we always at the end of the interviews we do like a funny like a random questions okay oh, so <laughs> uh, I, will, I will only do one for you today because yeah. um 
uh, we have created in Spotify a playlist with okay. um, where we will put all the like music or tracks that we talk in the podcast so people can go there and listen. Uh, but we have these questions that is the guilty pleasure. So what is your guilty pleasure song? So is that song or, or set of, of song, yeah, whatever track, uh, that you love, but you don't want to listen, admit, but you will never admit publicly that you listen. <laughs> Bring it on. <laughs> which one it is, Eva? Martin, I no. know which one it is. I know which one it is. <laughs> it's actually, it's actually, so I started to get ragged on it. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, yummy from Justin Bieber. It's really catchy, it's true. Okay, well, uh, my, mine is worse. I mean, mine is Ricky Martin. <laughs> Ricky Martin. <laughs> yeah, I have, I have too many. I, I won't talk about it. <laughs> yeah, cool. So people will find that yummy surprise in the playlist if they go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, no, sorry. <laughs> yeah, Eva, right. thank, thank you. Thank you very much for uh, talking with us today. Yeah, it was uh, it was fun. I really enjoyed it. And yeah, good luck, guys. Keep on doing your work and uh, let's keep in touch. That jammy song was the best guilty pleasure <laughs> till now, eh? Oh, yeah. Like a real one. It's epic. It's definitely winning over my Ricky Martin one. <laughs> well, <laughs> we can discuss that. So guys, until here our second episode. Hope you enjoyed the conversation with Eva. For us, it was an honor to have someone with her experience in the industry, giving us a good insight about her work and, and know a little bit more about booking agencies and their work with the artists. We always wondered like how the agency works. I think it was a great to know more about the industry from a different point of view. So well, guys, thank you for tuning in to Soundcheck and Stories. Um, the podcast will be available in Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Anchor. You choose your favorite platform and join us for more stories. Yeah, we will have another chapter this month, so stay tuned. And if you like it, you know, share the love, press like, leave a comment and follow our journey. Thank you and see you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Soundcheck and Stories, a podcast by April to July. July, 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 July,